You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. So when you learn to listen to God, you have placed yourself up under His subjection, not the subjection of Satan, and now you can make some progress when you become a student of God and learn to listen to what He has to say. That's one of the biggest problems we have in the church is people just unwilling to listen to God. We'll, we'll listen to anybody but God. Many are the Christians today that would make similar statements such as this to their own detriment. Well, I don't really care what the Bible has to say. You better care what the Bible has to say. That better be the only thing you really care about what it says. Who are you listening to? Is it Satan, your selfish desires, or the Lord? In today's message with Pastor Gary, you'll learn of the importance of being under the instruction of the Lord. All too often, churches are filled with individuals who think they know best. However, when you listen to the Lord and receive His instructions, you're guaranteed to carry out His work, not what you think is best. If you claim to follow the Lord, you must be under His direction. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Genesis chapter 32 as he continues his message, Learning to Live with a Limp. He addressed her need for salvation and he addressed her need for sanctification in one sentence. He said, Neither do I condemn thee, that salvation, go and sin no more, that sanctification. He addressed both issues. See, and when you really express the grace and the love of God to a lost sinner, you're not excusing their sin. You're pointing them to Christ who can take care of their sin past and sin future. Hallelujah. Salvation, sanctification. And what happened there is Jesus did not respond to her. The Bible says that he hath not rewarded us according to our iniquities. Hallelujah. That means at the foot of the cross, uh, I have been given access to the holy throne of God through the blood of Christ. And if I got what I deserved, I'd be in hell. But I didn't get what I deserved. But I I got what Christ deserved. Christ deserved to be in heaven with his Father. And I, I was bestowed, what was bestowed upon me was the righteousness of Christ. And so when God began to address Jacob, he did not rebuke. Jacob for who he was because Jacob was willing to admit who he was see if you just get honest with God there's grace plenty there's grace plenty but you've got to be honest with God you know what will happen to you like it happened to Jacob he'll put your past behind you when God begins to address you, he'll address your past, but he wants to put it behind you. He doesn't want to hold it against you. He wants to put it behind you. Are you listening this morning? God, you know, men may remember what you've done, and they may hold it against you for the rest of your life, but I really don't care what man has to say about my past because it's under the blood. Amen. God's done forgiven it. God's done forgotten it. So you can bring it up all you want to. You can talk all you want to, but you're not going to change my stance with God because God approved with the blood of his own son. Thank you very much. Amen. And God wants to address your past this morning. And unlike some religious people that might teach you that God is, uh, wants to fry you like a sausage, and guess what? You'll go to hell if you don't know Jesus. Don't get me wrong, but that's not his will. The Bible says it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God doesn't want to hold your past against you. He made a way where you could escape, but you've got to come to him and you've got to be honest with him. And he'll put your past behind you. See, God is addressing Jacob with his grace. Not only will he put your past behind you, but he'll put a promise before you. Are you listening? He said, 
Thou shalt no more be called Jacob or supplanter, but Israel. That means power with God. Are you listening? God will put a promise before you if you give your life to Christ. If you quit running from Him, see, some people are running from God. They've been running their whole life. They hate God. They hate everything about God. And they really, they don't hate God. They probably hate what they've been taught about God. And unfortunately, in this world, there's a lot of bad teaching about God. But if you can understand that God loves you and God wants to save you, God wants to redeem you, you can, uh, you can appreciate God a little bit more. And so Jacob found himself in a place where he was alone with God. He was guilty before God, guilty as charged. And instead of God condemning him, God began to give him a hope and a future in spite of his past. And see, God looks at you and he wants to help you from this point forward to be prospered, to be blessed, to be saved. He's most concerned about your eternal destiny. He wants you to live in heaven with him. But you know, Jesus said that he's come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And see, when God is addressing your situation, he knows about your problem, but he wants to help you put it behind you so that you can live on a promise of a better day. And then he'll put prevailing power within you. Prevailing power. He said, for as a prince, hast thou power with God and with men and has prevailed. You see, your struggle don't have to win. Your problem don't have to win. Your limp, whatever your limp is, it don't have to get the best of you. It don't have to define you. It don't have to be what you live under the identity of. See, God can help you overcome any problem that you have, be it sin or otherwise. You know, the church freaks out over sin problems. We do. We can understand somebody having financial problems. We can understand somebody having marital problems. We can understand somebody having an attitude problem, but buddy, God forbid that they they do a sin that's on my little list that I don't like because then we've got to break fellowship. Then we can't help them no more. We can deal with a lot of problems, but we haven't learned how to deal with sin problems. And when we look at somebody and we see the scarlet letter on them, so to speak, what do we do? We shun them. We throw them out. We kick them out. We may not not literally do it, but, but we do it in spirit and in attitude, and we just cut them off, and we treat people like dirt. Are you listening to me? But God went to the the cross through Jesus Christ because God, Jesus was God in the flesh. He went to the cross to deal not with your financial problems, though he can deal with those. He didn't go to the cross to deal with your social problems, though he can deal with those. But he went to the cross to deal with sin, and the church has got to learn how to deal with sin as well. If my brother or my sister falls, the Bible says you which are spiritual are to restore such a one. That means build them up back to original status. That doesn't mean shun them or kick them out and wait until they do better and prove themselves. We don't put our brethren and sisters on probation and see if they do better and then we approve them over time. No, that's God's business. Not, it's not your or my business. We are to restore one another to the fellowship and God forgive us for all the people that have quit church and we didn't even make one phone call or one visit to even check on them or see why they've quit or worried about them or anything because we feel like that we're better than them well they weren't a part of us anyway and we get this attitude are you listening to me and we don't know how to deal with sin because it's ugly it's nasty and we would rather build a little bubble and protect ourselves against the evils of society when not realizing that outside of the grace of God we're just as corrupt as anybody in society But the good news is there's power in the blood of Christ to overcome sin for every believer, for every believer. Uh, I had someone say one time, Brother Gary, I'll get saved, but I don't know if I could live the Christian life. And I think my response kind of surprised him. You know what I told him? I said, well, you're right. You can't. You can't live the Christian life. 
neither can I. That really shocked him. Nobody can live the Christian life perfectly. That's why Jesus went to the cross, because we're just a bunch of rotten sinners without his grace. We're not even able to quit sinning without his help and his aid. But see, the Bible says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. The very instant you give your life to Christ, you have a power within you that can help you overcome that sin that you was never able to overcome before. Now you have options because of the grace of God. He changes your nature. No longer do you want to do the things you used to want to do because he changed you from the inside out. Now the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All of a sudden you're a different person now because you've been saved by the grace of God and now you have prevailing power within. I'm telling you this morning, your past does not have to define who you are. God wants to save you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to cleanse you. And if you're saved already, he wants to forgive you and help you to get your past behind you so you can move into a bright future with him. So have you learned to be addressed by God? To allow God to address you and to speak over you his grace and his compassion and his message of hope that he wants to perform in your life. I'm talking about how we can learn to live with a limp. See, some sinners won't come to Christ because they think they've done gone too far. They think Christ won't save them, won't forgive them. There's no hope for them. And maybe somebody told them that, but the devil's a liar. Amen. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, not might be saved, not may be saved, but shall be saved. Whosoever, that means any man, woman, boy, or girl on the face of the planet, no matter what their past was, no matter what their sin was, God will forgive them if they'll call upon him. I don't care what your auntie said about you. I don't care what your, the religious brethren said about you. I don't care what they did to you or what they said about you. God will forgive you. God will help you. But you've got to allow him to speak to you, and you've got to respond to him and allow his message of grace to begin to work in your life. Now, number three, in order to learn to live with the limp, we've got to be a student of God. We've got to be a student of God. Verse 29 is very interesting to me because the Bible said, and Jacob asked him. Now, let's stop right there. When you go into question mode instead of statement mode, that means you're willing to listen. How many times do we come before God blasting our statements in arrogance? Oh, we've got so much to say to God about our problems, don't we? But when you get help is when you're willing to start asking questions and then shut up and listen. Jacob finally was at, he wasn't demanding anything at this point. He was just asking God. He was willing to listen. And that's one of the ways that you learn to live with the limp is you learn how to listen to God. See, God will teach you how to take your problem and your, take your struggle and overcome it and allow it to make you instead of break you. God will teach you how to do that. God will teach you how to do what man can't teach you how to do. God will teach you how that you can overcome. Amen? But you've got to be willing to learn to listen to God. And it's interesting to me what Jacob was asking God. He said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. Jacob was now more interested in the person of God than he was the provisions of God. At first he was asking for the blessing. Now he's asking for more information. I want to know who you are. And see, when it becomes more about relationship than it does anything, that's where you're making progress with God. Now you can understand that you're not just pursuing what God can do for you, but you're pursuing His person. Oh, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, Paul said. That I may know Him. 
And I'm not just interested in what God can do for me. I'm interested in who He is. I, I want a personal relationship with Him. And God can give you that. But you've got to learn to listen. You can't learn to listen when you're full of rebellion. The Bible says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And you're rebelling when you refuse to listen to God. That means that you're subjecting yourself to the influence of Satan in your life. Let me put it plain. What is witchcraft? Is that not being influenced by satanic powers? Sure it is. So when you learn to listen to God, you have placed yourself up under His subjection, not the subjection of Satan, and now you can make some progress when you become a student of God and learn to listen to what He has to say. That's one of the biggest problems we have in the church is people just unwilling to listen to God. We'll, we'll listen to anybody but God. Many are the Christians today that would make similar statements such as this to their own detriment. Well, I don't really care what the Bible has to say. You better care what the Bible has to say. That better be the only thing you really care about what it says. And then there's the Christians that say they believe what the Bible says, but they have no clue what it, what it really means to live by the Bible. There's churches who swear up and down they're doing it by the book and they ain't, they're doing anything but by the book. We've got to listen to what God has to say. Are you listening? You've got to be a student of God. If you're going to learn how to live with your limp, if you're going to, because see, the truth is all of us are limp. We can pretend like we're not limping if we want to, but we all have a limp. We all have a problem. We all have a struggle, and we're just dragging that thing along, not making much progress. <laughs> Sometimes we get tired and stop too long. We, we just, we're just weak. We all have a limp. But now are we going to let our limp define us or are we going to let God through our weakness make himself strong in our life? There's a lot of Christians that won't stand up and serve God as God has called them to serve him because of their problem. God didn't allow Moses to get by with that. Moses pulled out his list of limps. God, I, I, I'm not an eloquent speaker. I stutter when I speak. Who, who, who are they? Lord, who, who are they going to? Uh, who am I going to? Who, when they ask who you are, who am I going to tell them you are? He had this whole list of limps. God, these are all the reasons why I can't do what you're asking me to do. And God said, Who made man's mouth? Who made the seeing or the halt or the blind? Are you listening? God knows who you are. God knew who you was with what problems you had before he even called you. But here's the good news. He still wants you. Good God Almighty, that helped me right there. He still wants you. In spite of your mess, in spite of your limp, if you'll learn to listen to God, he will teach you how to live in spite of your limp. And your limp does not have to define you. It can actually, in fact, aid you in your walk with God. And I'll show you how in just a moment. Verse 30 will teach us how Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Jacob got to the point to where he realized that the only reason he was preserved and was still in existence was because he saw the face of God. So the second key to being a student of God is not only learning to listen, but learning to lean. Because he said, verse 31, as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him. We could shout right there. Morning do come, praise the Lord. And he halted upon his thigh. So he learned to lean. See, you can overcome your struggle if you just learn to lean on God. Just learn to lean. Y'all know that old song with me? Learning to lean. Learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. 
Finding more power than I've ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. Love that. Finding more power than I've ever dreamed. Because it is truly in our weakness that is made strong. See, you need your limp. You need it. You know why you need it? Because without it, you wouldn't be leaning on Him. But God does you a favor by sending you trouble. Because we're prone to wonder. All we like sheep, we're prone to wonder. If, if God didn't set up a system where we'd have to steadily come back to Him, we would be off yonder somewhere out, away from His presence and doing ourselves and nobody else any good. As long as you think you don't need Him, as long as you're strong in yourself and you've got a perception of yourself that you're strong and mighty and you don't have no problems, you don't have no worries, you don't have no weaknesses, you're not going to go to God and you're not going to rely on Him. So God gives you a limp. And you learn to lean on Him with that limp. The word limp is interesting. It, it, it literally means to halt. If you think about the word halt, we understand it to mean stop. It means every step he takes, he's got to pause for a second with a little hesitation before he takes his next step. You see, without God, we're just running wide open. Wide open to nothing. No consideration, you know, of anything. We just run in our life, buddy, and we just happy-go-lucky. So we think, but God's got to put some brakes on us to teach us how to take every step with consideration. To take every step with little hesitation. To make sure that what I'm fixing to do and what I'm fixing to say brings glory and honor to Jesus Christ. Because, see, I've learned the hard way. I was Jacob once. I remember where Jacob got me. Jacob got me nowhere but running from my life. Jacob got me in trouble with my family. Jacob got me to where my own brother wanted to kill me. Are you listening? Jacob caused me nothing but pain and agony. Caused my dad nothing but pain and agony. And so now God's done spoken new. Uh, he's given me a mandate to, to put my past behind me and now to live as Israel, which means power with God. And now I can no longer live under the name Jacob because I know where he brought me from. So every step I take now, I remember Jacob's only going to get me in trouble. Now Jacob's wanting to go this way, but my limp slows me down long enough to remember that I better just keep my eye on the prize. Just keep heading in the right way. <laughs> you see, your trouble really does you a lot more good than you thought, didn't it? It just leads you to Jesus. Did not the Bible say that the law itself was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ? Our very sin and the law against our sin was designed to point us to Christ. Isn't that good? To point us to Christ. Hallelujah. So you've got to learn to listen. You've got to learn to lean. And then number three, you've got to leave a legacy. Look at verse 32. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto, the, unto this day, because he touched not the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. God used Jacob's life as an example to believers on. Of what it means to live with a limp. Mm -hmm. Didn't Paul tell Timothy? 2 Timothy 2.2 2, These things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also. See mom and daddy when you quit serving God because of your failure. When you quit serving God because of your inadequacy. When you, refuse, when you refuse to serve God because you don't think you're able to. You know what you're doing? You're teaching your children bad habits. You're teaching your children that God can't use them because God can't use you because of your failures. 
But see, if you can learn how to overcome your struggle, give your life to God and let God be God anyhow, limp and all, then you're setting an example for the next generation. All of a sudden, they got some hope. All of a sudden, they know that when they mess up, well, my, I, I, remember, I remember my dad telling me that when he messed up, God was gracious, and God forgave him, and the church loved him anyhow, and God used him in spite of himself. So maybe, maybe if I call home tonight and tell my daddy how I messed up, maybe there'll be hope for me. But see, as long as you have that religious, cynical, pharisaical, judgmental, hateful, better than thou, what's another word I can describe it as? Self-righteous, legalistic attitude. I've heard preachers get up, bless God, God can't use you unless you're clean as a hound's tooth. Well, I don't even know what that means. I've never been as clean as a hound's tooth. I never have. I never have. I don't even know what that means. You ought to be clean to be used to God. Now, I believe that you ought to be sanctified. I believe that you ought to be set apart. I believe that you ought to try to serve God. But it doesn't mean that if you mess up, God's through with you. And when we teach our kids that mess and teach our kids that God can't use them if they mess up, no wonder they fall out by the wayside. No wonder when they make their first mistake, they're afraid to even call home and admit their mistake because they're afraid of the judgment's going to come down on them. We've got to learn to teach our children how to live with the lint because we have, we have to learn how to live with the lint. We've got to teach them by showing them. I've got problems too. One of the greatest things that I can give my son, my sons when they come to me with their problems, one of the greatest gifts that I have been able to give them up to this point and I believe for the rest of my life is when I look at them in their eyes, Brother Gary, and say, I understand what you're going through because I was right where you were at. And I had the same problems you did. And guess what? God loved me anyway. Best thing that I could ever tell them. But when we pretend like we don't have problems and we look at them and say, well, pff, buddy, you're on your own because I don't have a clue what you're going through. And I, you know, I don't know. The Bible says that, uh, uh, blah, 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 you know, we just cut them off and treat them like dirt. I'm talking to every church that's listening to the sound of my voice, either by way of radio or internet, around the world. We're in over 70 countries now, and I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the reality of the fact. We've got people listening in over 70 countries now to this message, and this church needs to understand that we are leading a generation and how to learn to live with the lint because this generation has messed up. This generation is just as wicked as we were. You know, people say, I don't know what happened to our youngers. They're all gone to the dogs. Well, they're no worse than we were. They just got a new set of sins to play with. They just got new toys to to embellish their sin. But if we had the stuff they had to work with when we was their age, we'd probably be doing the same things they're doing today. Are you listening to me? You know what the problem is? We've got to give our children hope. We've got to give this generation hope. We've got to tell them, yes, you have a limp, but God is bigger than your limp. God is bigger than your problem. God wants to use you in a great and mighty way. Hey, allow the grace of God to forgive you. Allow the blood of Christ to cleanse you and allow God to teach you how to repent of your sin and turn from your sin and start living for Him and He'll give you the power that you need to serve Him and make a difference in this world. Amen? That's where we're at, learning to live with a limp. So if you see mistakes in my leadership or my teaching style or preaching style or leadership uh, capabilities I'm just going to tell you right now it ain't going to surprise me a bit if you announce them to me because I've already figured them out I know I've got problems I know I've got struggles I know I'm weak I know I'm not the best in the world at this or that hey you ain't telling me nothing I ain't already heard I know I'm a little long-winded so praise God 
If that's a limp, let it be. But I'm telling you, do not allow your problems to hold you back from a real significant and powerful walk with God that can impact not only this generation, but generations to come. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCottle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCottle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.